Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight as Helmut Marco at race weekends. And Blake, a.k.a. Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the engine-breaking F1 podcast. I just kind of want to let that intro, like, vibe out for a little just bit. Hang, I love that intro. Hang in the air. Love that bit. intro. Ah, oh, what episode is this? Is this like 11 or 12, maybe? We're 11. We are officially oh my goodness. episode Checo. We've made it. Episode Sergio Perez. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Engine Breaking Podcast. My name is Blake, a failed Formula One engineer who knows nothing about Formula One. Who are you? Yeah, and I'm Dan, aka Engine Mode 11, who is also another failed F1 engineer. Um, and now we create this shite podcast called Engine Breaking. It is pretty fucking terrible, let's be honest. But everybody, welcome. We're glad you're here. Uh, we've just gone through the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, and to be fair, uh, I'm not sure what Grand Prix was worse. I know 2021 was controversial, but I went back and watched it. It was terrible. It was terrible until Latifi bend it. And in this one, there was a little bit going on, a little bit of variability, um, but we'll get to that in a second. So... Um, this is going to be our final race review of the season. We're going to get a couple more episodes in. We've got some other stuff to talk about. We've got a couple of really cool guests uh, for you, and I'm totally making that up right now. I need to call them right now, but uh, we'll figure something out, and uh, we'll keep we'll keep you guys entertained in this off season because I know that it's kind of lonely without Formula One. And if you're like me, you have nothing else to do with your life. Yeah, well, maybe I could suggest you uh, getting free children. That will certainly liven up your uh, Christmas period. Now, I've actually bought a uh, plunge saw. I bought a table saw. I bought a bunch of other stuff. I'm going to start making furniture in the off season. I've got a bar. I've got uh, some stuff in the living room to make. So that's going to be how I feel my time. And I'm also going to keep working on F1 videos. But maybe now that there's no races, I can do some other interesting, informative, analytical stuff, which is based on my complete failure of a career as an engineer with zero wheel knowledge 
Um, and Red Bull fired me because I was terrible, is what happened. This is all true, but in case anyone wants to go check out that content, where could they find it, Blake? Uh, Break F1 on YouTube, so. And and TikTok, but mostly, mostly YouTube. But I, that's what I'm doing. Are you going to do any F1 videos over the winter break? Or are you going to give it a rest until next season and go again with the Thursday tea time? I'm just going to say no, because my schedule is about as reliable as a plumber's estimate. Yeah, I got you. All right, well, well if if they did want to find you, is it Engine Mode 11 on YouTube for when you do get back on that grind? Yes, Engine Mode 11 on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and all that jazz. TikTok, again, TikTok's another app that I decided to abandon after two <laughs> videos, so... Mm. Well, here we are. Let's let's get into it. Let's let's start off with the uh, the weekly news because, as it is the end of the season, there's been a whole lot of stuff that's been up in the air. Uh, we've had a couple of not really any bombshells dropped on us, but what do we got? What do we got? Uh, well, we got uh, the official announcement that Hulkenberg is back at Haas. Poor old Mick got dropped. So Hulkenberg. I think I've been quite vocal about this in the past, right? So I think I'm I'm not feeling it. I just I don't I don't really think this is going to work out. I'm not on one hand, like because I never worked when I was at Force India. Nico was on the other car for I think at two different times during the three year period I was there, or he was in and out, or maybe when I wasn't at track. But like I like Nico, and he's he's a good driver, and he's a solid driver. But like. Mick, Mick seems like he's coming around. Like he needs, he needs some more time. He needs some more love. That car is not excellent on a good day, and that's not a dig at them. It's just that's the struggle of a, a lower end of the midfield team, and that's a lot to take on for a new guy. Like if he'd been in a decent car, fine. But even Latifi seemed to struggle a lot more with this car this year. Like I don't remember him being that far off all the time last year. Whereas mm. I think Mick's done all right. I, I, it's, it's he really had a rough disapp- start, didn't he, to the season? He did. Um, but I feel like he's grown a lot. and I, I would have given Mick another year. But I would have too. I don't work or manage an F1 team. I just sit here and make this shite podcast, so what the fuck yeah. do I know? But uh, as, as little as I do. As I'll, I'll, as give, I do. I'll give Nico a chance, and if he comes good, I'll hold my hands up and say I was wrong. Um, but yeah, at the minute, I just think I'm, I'm not so keen on that. Yeah, I'm not either. But you know what? I, I like Nico. I think he'll do a reasonable job. Kevin's done a pretty good job as well. But that car's just been all over the shop. So that's that's really difficult. But um, I for some reason, I don't feel as attached to this next point as I should be being an American. What do we got? What's the next? On the, uh, a few hours ago, Logan Sargent got announced. Yeah, so, so this will be interesting because we do have quite a large American Ooh. contingency that follow us and listen uh, to this. Checking the stats. Let's go, Dan. About Americans. 40, it's gone up to 40% now. USA. USA. Yeah. USA. And they are currently playing in the World Cup. So USA. if you're listening go. to this after, um, I'm very, I'm either very happy for you or very sad. Um, let's see if I can find it. Yeah, anyway, Logan Sargent. Oh, they're, they're beating uh, Wales 1-0 at halftime currently. That's so so um, Logan Sargent finally got his uh, enough super license points when he finished in the F2 race. I can't remember where he finished. I think it was, he needed to finish, I think, above P6. So he obviously did it. Uh, he got crowned Rookie of the Year as well in F2. So there you go. Go on, lad. Finished the season in P4. With two wins and a further two podium appearances. So there you go. You've got 
uh, American Driver back on the grid. And you obviously sound very thrilled about that. I honestly, it'll be cool seeing more Americans on the grid. Uh, I have not been following Formula 2 this season, so I don't like have a, an attachment to it. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's good for the sport, I think, in the long run. But uh, I hope he does well. I hope he does well. Yeah, I think, you know, if he does to come through well, it'll be good for the American market. We've got, what, three races there now next year? An American driver. So, yeah. you know, opening those uh, markets up. Uh, but I don't, look, full-on fraudulent alert. I don't really follow the rookie categories, so I couldn't tell you if he's any good or not. But if he's finished P4, then, you know, we'll see. The oh, he's TP1. from Florida as well, apparently. So there you go. Miami the home one. race. Latifi won F2 after like six seasons of it. Yeah, but enough. Well, enough Harlow won F2 as well when, when it was GP2. So just because you win a junior category doesn't mean you have uh, can jump into the ring with Ali and Box. Yeah, but at the same time, like these dudes are probably reasonable. It's just F, the F1 car is like you, you, you don't get a whole lot of chances. You rock up and you do it or you don't do it. If the car doesn't suit you or you don't understand the car, you're not getting a whole lot of shots, man. It's like, oh, that's nuts. But what else we got? What, do we, what else we got? Congrats to Logan, though. Yeah, yeah, good for him. Well done, GG. Um, F1 commission meeting. So the F1 had like a final meeting of the F1 commission just before Abu Dhabi, and uh, quite a lot of sort of changes and points came out of it. So one of them was they are looking to undertake a comprehensive review of the sporting regulations for 2024. Uh, any changes they do make to that, we'll probably know... Uh, when they get approved by the end of April next year. So the sporting regulations, mm. it's not technical. Sporting regulations are like um, uh, driving penalties and things like that. Um, They're like the overtaking rules of conduct kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, things like that, yeah. Not necessarily the technical side of things, like how you should design the car and things like that. But this is, they're going to review like um, uh, the driver penalties and things like that. Yep. Um, That's... On on that note, I think so. We talked about it last week. So the blanket temperature revision is being changed for next season. Blah blah blah. They're going to look at reducing them, but I think they're not actually pulling the trigger on no blankets for twenty four until they make a decision in like June of next season. So Correct. that's another one of the things on the sporting technical. They push side. that bad boy back to next year yeah. in terms of a they, decision. They really really need to. Uh, sort out something with testing, but I, I, I went on about that last week, but realistically, Pirelli needs to sort something about testing in order to properly test these tires because they can do it, but doing these free practice test sessions of an hour is not a proper way to go tire testing. It's it's asinine. And I think they know that as well, but mm. they they're, they're, the teams are pushing back because of costs, engine mileage, and all this other stuff, and the FI are like kind of sitting there like, what do we do? Yeah, well, they kind of bought it on themselves, didn't they, with the cost cap and made it so complicated trying to figure out what comes under the cost cap and are you allowed to use a current car for a tyre test? And if you're not, then what's the point of yeah. the tyre test? And uh, That's another complication is it's just a new formula of cars so that you don't have any mule cars possible. Now, now that they've got, you know, an 18-inch car, but a lot of these bits and pieces could be rolled over to next season as well. So the the, the cost is still... I think. Correct. But anyway. But anyway. Um, speaking of tyres, here's, here's a fun one. 
So they've commenced a study to define a package of parts aiming to suppress the spray generated when running in wet conditions. So basically, and they literally say this in brackets, wheel arches. They want to stick wheel arches on the car during an extreme wet to reduce the spray. So, but like if you do wheel arches, you'd have to have them always on and we would not have open wheel racing. Well, apparently they're looking at a way of doing it so you can fit them during a red flag. I I feel like this is me being one of those old, old grumpy farts. It's like, that's fucking stupid, man. But that is fucking stupid, man. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, it's an open wheel car. They will generate spray. I, I feel like the bigger problem is, is the fact that, the, that Pirelli struggled to make a good full wet tire. And that coupled with the fact that the race officials do not want to run in full wet. Correct. So um, my easy suggestion to make that achievable is to just raid the uh, Formula E parts bin and just stick the wheel arches on from them. Send it, mate. Exactly. Job done. FIA, thank you. That would be $2 million. Cheers, lads. Yep. Consultancy <laughs> fee. Ladies. Exactly. What else have we got in the uh, FIA commission? Uh, they have approved a proposal to evaluate uh, the changing of the way DRS works. So um, I think at the moment it's on lap two it's activated. I can't remember Correct. myself. This is how yeah. fraudulent I am. It is lap two. Um, but now they're looking to bring that forward to like the first lap. Um, and they're going to trial it at the sprint sessions in 2023 with a view to introduce it for all races in 2024. Fair enough. Yeah, um, fair enough. Like I say, trial it. Why not? And here's, the last point is my favorite one because I heard you go on a rant about this the other day. They're looking at ways to simplify the Park Fermé processes at events that include a sprint session. Because Ooh, what, So what are they going to do with that? I don't know. They haven't said yet. They're still looking at it. But I know you're a big fan of it being called Free Practice 2 when the cars are actually in Park Fermé and they can't make any changes. Unfree Practice 2. You can run high fuel. Yeah. Which is what people tend to do in those sessions. Okay. But it looks like they're going to simplify it because they got fed up of all the requests to change things overnight. Yeah. So just to clarify, before the DRS was disabled for the first two laps, now it will only be disabled for the first lap. So instead of the DRS opening on lap three, it will open on lap two. I saw a couple of people in the live stream chat uh, mentioning that, and that was... I uh, think you you could have claimed that for yourself and sounded like you knew. I, I did know that, but I, I, I didn't appreciate it that we didn't phrase it in a way that made sense. But yeah. He didn't have a fucking clue. The FIA has enabled the DRS. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was it for the F1 Commission meeting, I think, pretty much. Um, and then F1 announced something, didn't they? Yeah, they waited for the W Series to tank itself. And they're like, we've got our own series, motherfuckers. But what do we got here? An all-new female driver series for 2023. Yes, uh, apparently F1 are going to subsidize 150 euros towards uh, the costs of the car. 150,000 euros. It's like, here's, Sorry, some, uh, here's a couple cent. You said 150. Oh, just, yeah, yeah, just 150 euros. That's it. Here's, he, here's about five sandwiches from Red Bull's catering. You guys have fun. Sorry, 150,000 euros uh, towards the car cost. And then the driver has to cover that same amount. Okay. So, so they need to do that with sponsorship. Yeah. Um, but basically the that's goal... That's much. No. An F2 season is what, like over 1.5 to 2 million now? I believe it's something like that, yeah. Yeah, because like like, so like buying a seat in some of the lower teams, like back in the last couple of years, the driver would need to bring, you know, 10 mil in sponsorship. But I think 
an F2 season in a top team is somewhere close to 2 million. I might have misspoken slightly on that, but I think, I think it's, I think it's close. So 150 grand. Well, that's the difference though. Cause W series is like, you guys don't need you, you gals. Women do not need to do anything. We'll provide the series. We'll provide the sponsorship. And there wasn't enough sponsorship in the end. And they got to into the season. They pulled the plug on W series with a couple of races to go, which sucked for not only everybody competing, but all the engineers and staff. I know a friend, my friend Katie and a couple of other people that were um, engineers for that series. And, you know, that's kind of pulled out from the bottom, which yeah. sucks. So. But in the announcement for this, they mentioned W Series as like a um, step above this, like a feeder series to W Series, which I thought was a bit funky. That's um, weird. Yeah. So I don't really know. Um, I, I think we'll I have to wait impression. and see on this one. I got the impression from that graphic that basically it goes something like uh, F1 Academy into F3 into F2, and then that way they're they're starting these 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 women at a younger age because I don't know what the age range of the um, the W series was, but for the for the most part, I, I think people need to start, you know, quit just talking about it, make it happen, and find these these people, these up and coming mm -hmm. talents, and support them through their younger careers. Like this is this is from karting. And it just happens to be one of those things where it's, it's mostly lads right now, but hopefully that's changing. And I, I feel like we need to get, I feel like Tony is super in yeah, touch with this I was say, topic. This and is a, this is I value her opinion Tony on it. Chat, I think. Yeah, I value her feedback on that, but it has to start much earlier than, right. Um, here you go. Here's a F4 car. Yeah, the cynic yeah. in me says that it sounds a little bit like a box ticking exercise, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, not that that's a good thing. I was like, that doesn't. It needs to be a genuine effort because it's, it's it's weird. Yeah. Twenty twenty two, no female driver in F one. So there you go. Um, hot rumor, hot go on. boiling hot rumor. Oh my god, is this breaking? Breaking? Uh, I don't dog think breaking. I think we had it maybe before the Abu Dhabi race, it's but pre broken. Um, Mattia Bonotto apparently is going to be replaced by Fred Vasseur from Alfa Romeo. Now, the reason why I think this is probably going to happen is because Ferrari issued a statement denying it. <laughs> so that's that. I mean, categorically. That, yeah. Categorically, so that means it's true. But is, is Bonotto going to get the, the, the sack or is he going to go back to a technical role? Because that is his wheelhouse. It's not politics and team principle. Yeah, like, he was a technical... As an engineer, he's... You know, top dog. I can't fault him for that because you look at the car this year, the Ferrari car wasn't that bad, you know. Mm. I think they were let down a lot more from strategy and things like that. So in terms they, of... They, they've got some operational issues for sure, but technically the car mm. rocked up and it was good. And it does... I don't want to go too far into this, but I feel like a lot of the speculations about teams and performance over the summer break with the regs change about the floor, the technical directive and regarding the plank and bottoming metrics and everything else. I think they got smacked by it the hardest. I think they were yeah. hit the hardest by it. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Technical directive 39. Yeah. Slapped to the belt. Oof. Um, Here's something. Hey, this next thing is super cool. This is super close to home. Are you excited? Uh, are you excited? Yeah, Chat, sure. Are you Why excited? Not? Yes. Yes. Uh, friends, Friends and colleagues in the Twitch live stream, what do you guys think about this one? Spill the beans, bro. Red Bull are doing a show car run in Milton Keynes on the 10th of December. 
Oh, I yeah. Don't really went into song for that one. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's only down the road for me and you, isn't it? So we'll probably rock up. It's a Saturday. So if anybody is around Milton Keynes, uh, Dan and I will be there. Uh, and we'll be sure to line something up so we can say hi to anybody that wants to just say hi. Like, this has been a super, super cool thing um, mm. doing this podcast. And the fact that our old colleagues are uh, having a little show run to celebrate the championship. Um, in the center of Milton Keynes, so I'll be there. Can can we use um, any of our um, influence to? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to race engineer the car. Are you? Sweet. Not really. I'm just saying that out loud so oh, okay. that I can do it. You can sort of will it into existence. Yeah, mate. All right, mate. Do some donuts, brother. All right. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, no. Nah. Well, it's uh, the sorry. old V8, so you got experience yeah. in that, right? Yeah, I ran. I've never ran a Renault V8. Uh. God. I mean, I mean, the Renault did like to be fair. Renault did help those the team a lot in the exhaust blowing V8 days. You know that was something. But God, as soon as that V6 showed up, Jesus Christ! Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm going to drive the car. They're going to uh, yep. widen it just to get my uh, fat ass into it. Um, <laughs> you just, you just, they just won't put a seat bucket in there. You'll be no, good. There's, there's going to be no porcelain on that bad boy. Yeah, it's just going to be bottomed out. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, uh, Red Bull show run, Milton Keynes, 10th of December. We'll be there. We're going to do something. Maybe we'll just go out for drinks somewhere or something. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Throw yeah. tomatoes at us. Give us a high five. Boo us. Congratulate us. I don't care what you do. Just say hello. Yeah. Say hi. We're friendly. You you know what we look like, especially if you're watching the podcast on YouTube, Engine Breaking, lol. But um, so we've we've got that we've got the show and we've got a couple of retirements this season. So um, the Tifi's left the sport, and he he had a tough time, and that that yep. can't be fun. But um, he's gone. But also, I mean, this is this is a little bit of one, and I didn't really stop to think about it until later. But Sebastian Vettel retires, and it's it's been pretty interesting because when I was I didn't start watching F Formula One until two thousand seven ish, and when I was finishing up uni. Uh, and moving over here was, you know, the the Red Bull glory days and seeing that, that was so freaking motivating to see like, the fizzy drinks company, right? It can be this super nimble organization. They get a bunch of really clever engineers and they rock up and they destroy these other teams that are, you know, automotive manufacturers. They're factory backed teams. And you see that and it's like, that is so cool. I want to be a part of that. And then You've seen him change and evolve a lot, you know, through his four championships and then through his Ferrari years and now at Aston and just like a super complete, super genuine dude who's been human. Uh, he's been made a lot of mistakes. Yep. You know, you know, like he's been controversial. He's had all sorts of falling outs with his teammates. Um, it's, it's the true evolution of a championship and in his old age mm. not even old age you know in, in his maturity he's uh shown yeah. what that can what that kind of being will, a champion looks like i will say and i will big up the uh f1 beyond the grid podcast they did an episode with him talking about his retirement and that, and that was really good so i recommend to that. check that out i think he's about an hour and a half and he sort of goes through everything and it's a real good episode so yeah i would thoroughly recommend that did you get emotional uh, I got emotional because I was listening to it as I was driving through London. Yeah, and okay. I was just I was emotional because yeah, I was shouting okay. at taxi drivers and bus drivers and um, delivery <laughs> riders and things like that. Oh, I love it, man! Why don't we get into the weekend? 
here's here's the last thing I'll, I'll see, and I'll I'll throw this one out there without any context or any expectation of conclusion. Is are we going to see the same type of arc with with Max right now? Because Max is on his second drivers championship, um, you know, and some very similar things are very uh, single minded, self focused um, attitude about winning championships. And I feel like it, on one hand, you know, it's not winning him any favors with fans and anything else. But on the other hand, it's like possibly that mm. single-mindedness is uh, a characteristic. So are we going to see him go the way of Alonso uh, or, or Fettel? I don't know. Probably it, it, it does seem you can make a lot of uh, comparisons and parallels with Vettel, can't you? Mm. Um, back then, the team seemed very focused around Vettel. Um, and, you know, some people were like poor Mark Webber. Um, and people are saying it now with with Checo, aren't they? Sort of like the team yeah. is too focused on Max. So you know, yeah, maybe I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But it, it, with without good, bad, indifferent, let's. I'm really. This. I mean, this is a really interesting story, and uh, this is just the beginning of that story. And I think we're going to be around to uh, enjoy the rest of it. So yeah, big up Vettel. Um, on shame, seven. shame. He's leaving. He's done a lot for the sport. And uh, I hope somehow he can still contribute to the sport for the better th- in the future. I think we're not done with Seb. Seb's not done with um, the sport. Yeah. In a wider sense. So I'm looking forward to that as well. He's a super inspiring dude. Yeah. He also was so, in your first interview as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he did interview me at Red Bull and then he left a Ferrari that rat. Yeah, that's what he thought about you. He'd rather switch teams and work with you. I was so fucking washed that they hired me to be four-time world champion Seb Vettel's performance engineer. And then he left because he heard I was coming, so fair yep. enough. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> he did He did reach out later on. I, haven't, I don't think I've talked about that, and I probably shouldn't, but he did reach out later on, but I was like, I'm done at the track, man. I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to go be a factory rat for a while. And he's yeah. like, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, sorry. Should we get into the actual weekend? Let's go. Let's go. We got Abu Dhabi Friday free practice one. Boom! All the rookies. So Felipe Rogovic for Aston Martin. Um, I say all the rookies, and then the next one is Robert Kubica for Alfa Romeo. He's hardly a rookie, but uh, big up Kubica. I know he's very well loved. Uh, Liam Lawson in the Red Bull. Robert Schwarzman in the Ferrari. Jack Doohan in the Alpine. Man. Yeah, I'm still going, right? Um, O'Ward in the McLaren, uh, Pietro Fittipaldi in the Haas, who was also announced as a Red Bull Junior this week. Yeah, well. let's go, man. Yeah. And Logan Sargent in the Williams. Um, but it didn't go completely to plan. Um, uh, O'Ward had a gearbox issue on his outlap, and that sort of robbed him of quite a lot of time. Um, Logan Sargent had a spectacular moment going into turn one. I don't know if you've seen this. I missed that completely. Oh, man, it, it was brilliant. So he had like a, um, as he was going on the outside to go into turn one, he, I think he went too far on the paint or whatever, and he spun out, oh, and he literally my. missed putting it into the wall by like a few centimetres. <sighs> yeah, man. So uh, well done him for not uh, smashing it up. Apparently Lawson was pretty rapid. He was, yes. He did seem very quick. Um, he was quick. I'm a big fan of him. Which was quite amazing. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Lawson. When we were going to and from the track, I was in the same car with him in Austin, just chatting with him because I hadn't seen him since I worked with him in the sim. And he's just he's just a sound dude. Super, super bright kid. Uh, 
Oh, apparently everybody, he was, everybody, everybody loves him. Apparently he was 0.2 off Checo. Sorry, maybe I got that wrong. But it's FP1, but, I mean, and the times don't fucking mean a thing in FP1. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But let, let's, let's just say he's he's in the ballpark. Yeah. You know, he's, he's in the ballpark. And we had a lot of teams running prototype 2023 floors. So we saw quite I've a lot. That yeah, we saw wrong. quite a lot of flow viz and aero rakes. Um, there'll be absolutely nothing for us as outsiders to look at in in regards to that. So don't even bother. Um, but they're obviously just using it as a semi little test session for next year. Yeah, they're, they're just going to be checking that, you know, that there's, for example, one of the biggest things that caught all the teams out this year was porpoising. So it was not predicted in the tunnel. It was not predicted in CFD. You go run the cars on the track and there's either instabilities or sensitivities that neither of those tools captured. So that's why if you can run these components on track, track time is king. Real track data is the best. That will help you understand the models, make sure that your wind tunnel makes sense. If not, understand it. CFD doesn't make sense. Okay, now you can understand it now that you've got an understanding of the flow structures and everything else. So super important um, to get a, an eye in on that stuff with a real car. Yep, all about validating your work. Hmm. Um, FP2, obviously all the regular drivers were back in. Uh, not a lot of drama. The only interesting thing I saw... Uh, was I think it was Will Buxton on F1 TV noticed that the McLaren pit box had like a different surface on it, so it looked like it's it done like... a concrete repair. So all the pit lane was um, like textured concrete, and then for like smooth this slab, yeah, board there's in. like this smooth slab right on the uh, McLaren pit box. So there were quite a few um, Lando and Danny were complaining that it was affecting their entry into the box. Um. So yeah, I didn't really know what we were going to do about that, but it was a genuine issue because uh, the poor front jack man was at risk of uh, skirt. Yeah, exactly, getting injured. Oh my dude, there's a, I gotta I gotta throw a, a meme in there. I don't, I'm not gonna say who it was, but at a Silverstone test with the Force India one time, we had. Uh... <laughs> I gotta do that. Okay, I gotta I gotta wipe back. This is gonna fucking kill me, man. So there was a, 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 a test driver in Silverstone test. It was a cold winter day. And um, all this stuff that happened. And there was basically a, a new front jack man uh, trialing, you know, because like it, it winter test, um, off season test, it was cold. We're at Silverstone, we're at Four Senior, up the road. Uh, one of the new lads had stood in to be front jack man. Well, the driver wasn't particularly good at warming up the brakes, and carbon brakes need a little bit of temperature in them to work. I'm standing at the table looking out the garage and I see unnamed driver steaming into the box, mate. And then all I see is the front jack man do a flip. He was okay. He was bruised up. Um, so it's not it's not a joke. He was bruised up. And then uh yeah, he's he steamrolled the dude. And he's okay. But later the driver was going on like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I don't really like the starts procedure. Talking about the procedure of the clutch and everything, he's like, "Yeah, I don't really like your starts procedure." And the controls engineer just looks at him and goes, "I don't really like your stopping procedure either." But uh, get on with it. <laughs> he absolutely oh. crucified the dude. I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, that spicy. was so spicy. Mm. Yeah, but was that during? We should, if only that was during Netflix DTS era. Oh my god, I don't like your stopping procedure. But um, it wasn't Duresta, no. But um, that's another thing is during a race weekend, you don't see it during practice, but what teams will often do, if it's a wet weekend, 
they do nothing. If it's likely to be wet during the race, they won't do anything. But if it's a dry weekend during practice, I don't know if they're doing it anymore, but they will often come into the pit lane and lay rubber in the box. Do they still do that or no? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they 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 will literally so what they'll do is they'll stop the cars probably two feet short of the marks or further, wheel them back, and the drivers will leave the box and just leave as much rubber as possible so that when they're braking on Sunday for their pit stops, they've got a little bit extra grip. Yep. They so okay, we we have somebody in the know confirmed that they still lay rubber. I wasn't sure if they outlawed that procedure because they always are tightening up on procedures such as bite point fines and you know clutch and start stuff, but. They will actually lay rubber in the box if it's going to be a dry weekend so that they can increase the grip um, in the box. Yeah. And um, when they come to an end of a run, when they come into the box, a lot of the times they'll do like a practice pit stop before they wheel them back in as well. Exactly. Just using up all that time, getting all the mechanics' eyes in, uh, working with the gear as well. We've yeah, seen a couple of so. gear failures this weekend, guns uh, not working, swapping them brain fade ferrari strategies and all that but so that's that's p2 p2 didn't really anything didn't happen no, like, nothing really people, dramatic in p2 um i uh, should know because i took the pleasure of watching it i didn't bother honestly i just looked at the data afterwards and it looked like it was basically red bull quick um and then high fuel runs it yeah, looked like red bull well, were quite strong the teams, on the high fuel runs a lot of the teams were splitting um wing levels between the two drivers as well so it was a little bit of shenanigans Maybe. going on there yeah, so probably what they were looking at is checking if high downforce versus the slightly lower downforce has any improvements on the degradation or not. And as we'll get into it during the race, um, degradation and whether it's a one-stop or a two-stop was a very big topic, which made this race far superior to Abu Dhabi 2021. Although there was only P2 for the championship is not that exciting. P1, no. very exciting. P2, I like I struggled to get too excited about it. Just never mind the fact that it would have been great to see Checo win that. But anyway, yeah, FP3. Uh, FP3. So McLaren got their pit box resurfaced overnight. Uh, good for them. Um, Gasly had a bit of an incident where I think he had like a puncher and it resulted in taking off that little, I don't know what, I don't know what the technical fucking term for it is, but you know, the bit that goes over the front wheel, the aero the... deflector at the front over the front wheel, took that off. Um, and that was on the track, so that caused a red flag. And then we had our first bit of drama where uh, Hamilton overtook um, uh, one of the Haases and Gasly, I think. Yeah. I can't remember if it was those so the, two. Was that, What was that like? Was it a fuss with the marshalling system and lights and flags and all that? Um, I didn't read that part in particular. All I read was the difference in speed. That Hamilton had like 140 kilometers difference between those two cars and him when the red flag come out. So basically it was just overspeed. So yeah, it was, it completely makes sense that he didn't get punished for that. Um, no. so yeah, um, you can't just go to zero when a red flag comes out when you're at that speed. No, you can't. So. Yeah, and that was, that's one of those things that's super weird. It's like, as soon as somebody steps up, it's like Twitter's like, Oh, fucking penalize and penalize. It's like, dude, come on. Let, let like as me, is you or is anybody else sitting at home TV? Let the stewards have a chat with the driver, understand what happened, and get get on with it. We don't need freaking Twitter court. And like I'm, I get, I'm so annoyed when you have like infractions like that that impact the weekend. It's like, come on, like they're just boring. Yeah, man. but common sense prevailed. So yeah, good. There you go. Good, good. That was all of our drama um, in the free practice sessions. 
Ooh, free practice is over. Yeah. Now we now qualify. We're going into qualifying, baby. You know what? Going from that qualifying session in Brazil, which was changeable weather and all sorts of chaos, man, I was hyped and especially hyped to see Kevin Magnuson taking pole. You know, even though it was like, you know, that was one of those things where you might not have the outright pace, but you do all of the right things. You're on the track at the right time. You nail your lap and you can reap the rewards of, of doing a good job in that session. And, and Kevin, the amount of celebration that he had was so great. Like, I, I love seeing the underdog celebrate because you see, you know, Max, Max wins his, what, 15th race of the season. And he's like, cheers, lads. You know, because it's like you've been, you've been, you've not really had that much of a challenge this season. Let's, let's call it what it is. Maybe earlier in the season, it was challenging for other reasons. But now it's just like, you know, it's like, well done, lads. Thanks. And there's no, like, you don't have that excitement or the emotion, just like you don't have any excitement over cinching up or not cinching P2. This is, but uh, we got, we got Q1. We got yeah, Q1. This session had, was not a, as good. We had like a sort of regular in terms of the uh, order. Um, but again, we had this bloody issue where all the cars decided to sort of park up on the final two corners. Uh, so much so that I went and rewatched qualifying today and uh, a lot of them triggered the stop messages on the GPS system because of how slow they were going. And oh, Alonso's no. car even went into anti-stall. Oh, because he's like, point. Well, right. yeah. so he's in first gear and the revs are so low that the engine's like, I'm going to open the clutch for you uh, because you're about to stall the engine, you dork. Yeah, so that's how like slow they were going. Um, then we had the uh, the war crime of the century. Oh, I can't believe, I can't believe that he got away with that. Yeah, so uh, as they were all queuing up, Verstappen was um, behind a few other cars. Uh, Hamilton was behind him. So uh, Verstappen basically, he didn't want to let Hamilton pass. So he's sort of um, drifted slightly into the middle to sort of say, hey, please don't overtake me. I'm in the middle of a prep lap yeah, here. Yeah, I've, I've, waited, I've waited my turn for the queue of cars, just the same as you've done. If you have a problem, take it up with your race engineer for dropping you and this timing in traffic. Yep. Uh, but Hamilton overtakes him anyway. Um, there was a bit of movement to the right on Verstappen's wheel um, as Hamilton overtook him. And uh, that was it, basically. The internet wanted to string him up for attempted murder on Lewis Hamilton. I think that's probably a full one-season ban. I'll tell you what that is exactly like. Um, there's a slip road near where I used to head to work. And it's a very wide one. And it's it's one lane, but it's it's wide enough just in case there's an emergency and other cars can get around. Um, and there's usually somebody's trying to get around. I just make my van a little bit wider than it needs to be so that they're discouraged from doing that. Um, I haven't been taken to jail yet, which is good. And I, I don't think so. But uh, yeah, I, it's just a case of uh, Verstappen doesn't want to yield his position in the queue. And Lewis doesn't want to wait because... His prep is probably different on the Mercedes to the Red Bull, where he can't afford to slow down because yeah. he needs the heat, whereas Max can afford to. So it's not a big deal, man. It's just a yeah. qualifying thing. Yeah. But uh, what do we get? Latifi, Albon, Bottas, Gasly, Magnussen knocked out in Q1. Big sad. Yeah, I don't know what was wrong with Gasly. He just didn't have the pace. Um, very he surprised. didn't get a good lap together. His his best sectors, like he could have been into Q2. But uh, his, he didn't get all the sectors together at once, so mm. uh, I'm. We'll see how he does in Alpine next season. Hopefully, they have their engine a little bit more reliable because he's not had a very exciting season, has he? No, not really. Um, 
So yeah, sort of Latifi album, the usual suspects there. Um, Bottas, Gasly, Magnussen, yeah. Um, shame for Magnussen after his uh, time out in Brazil. Um, but yeah, Q2. So in Q2, I had uh, I was watching again Q2 qualifying today, I said, but there's a really cool uh, onboard lap that they showed during the session of Stroll. And I picked this one out because Stroll gets a lot of stick, right? Watch this onboard lap and watch how many times he's changing settings on the wheel because you can see it really well because it's like dark. Yeah. And props to him or anyone that does this because the amount of times he's changing settings and how quick he's doing it while flying around the lap. It's a super interesting watch. So I thoroughly recommend you go and find that. Um, Vettel... Uh, sorry, real quick, like one, one of the things that they are changing around those laps is like you've got... There's so many different demands on a qualifying lap in terms of like what's the best brake balance for this long straight braking corner? What's the breast brake the breast brake balance? What's breast. the best? Get the double the D cups out on the uh, yeah. brake balance. Yeah. Damn it. Um, what's the best brake balance setting for this corner? You know, like you've got a longer uh, corner that's a faster entry, but braking and the brake balance have a significant impact on the actual car balance when you're cornering especially on the entry so in the way you heat up the tires to the corner so the, the guys and gals have been working on that settings all weekend from p1 p2 p3 dialing it in what's the schedule and all the drivers that have a high cpu are the ones that can find that and adjust to it because every corner you're trying to optimize the slip on all four tires get the right balance probably changing some differential settings and everything else so when when drivers get that right it's it's super cool to see that and that's that's a performance engineer's bread and butter and qualifying is dialing in the brake and the diff uh, to get the most out of the car balance because you will always be changing those settings, chasing the balance through the session. You're like, okay, Q1, all right, let's say turn five braking doesn't feel right. Okay, we got a different map. Try in turn five, try this setting now. And they'll be talk, having those conversations uh, when the driver's in the garage with performance engineer and they'll be going through it, trying to get the most out of it because when you're anywhere on the grid, but it take, for example, a, a team like uh, Aston Martin, you could be out in Q3, or you could be out in Q1, or you could be make it into Q3. And uh, Lance didn't make it out of Q2. He qualified 14th. But Seb did manage to put the Aston into Q3. Yeah, he final did. final F1 qualifying session. Even though he was constantly upset and complaining about uh, running into traffic on the last corner. Mm. Uh, understandable. Yeah, understandable, given the uh, shenanigans that were happening there. But he did it. So well done him into Q3. Uh, Danny Rick into Q3 as well, which Go on, lad. not very common um, no. this year, sadly. Um, no, but uh, yeah, we'll have more on him in a second. Uh, but we lost uh, Renu Joe, Stroll, uh, Mick, Sonoda, and Alonso. Um, Alonso was a bit of a surprise, but I just don't think he managed to get that lap together. He's he's in full implosion yeah, mode. he's, he's leaving the team leaving the team middle fingers see you cunts later yeah he he checked dark out. lord yeah but look, look, joe joe has been super impressive and somebody said this earlier and joe never won f2 but joe's been super impressive as a rookie um and he kind of he, he's he's done a really good job all season and i'm he's very fashionable as well so i, I he's got the drip he's got some pace yeah he does um I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with another season in Formula One because uh, definitely he's been impressive. Yeah, he's definitely earned it. So, yes, one uh, one rookie of the year. 
only rookie, right? Yeah, I was going to say it's not hard because <laughs> he was the only one. But there you go. Oh heck! Um, oh heck! But yeah, no, he's he set out his stall this year, and he I think he's done quite well. Um, even when he had that mad Silverstone shunt at the start. Mm, that oh, that was frightening. I man. know, right? Um, so, but yeah. like you, 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 sometimes you might see drivers take a confidence hit in like that, like because that's like a yeah. absolutely catastrophic life-threatening severe crash it's horrifying but um he doesn't have that self-preservation no he was uh, like fuck it firing yes full send lads yeah so so big up him uh q3 so uh what i found interesting is that the session ended with hamilton having the purple sector one and he may have had enough in the tank for a second row start but he had a mistake in the final sector um, but the bit I was interested in was in the interview afterwards, he said uh, there was issues with the temperature splits on the brakes, which we've experienced throughout the whole season. That's the first I've heard, first I've heard of that from Mercedes. They've been mentioning brakes a couple of times since the break that it's been, I've caught it a couple of times, but I don't think it's been uh, discussed often. Let's say outside of a session, yeah, like it'll just be one of those throwaways that they talk about, but okay. I've heard it a couple of times, but um, and uh, could you explain temperature splits on the brakes for uh, perhaps people that aren't quite? I'm a failed F1 engineer. I don't really know about them. Actually, uh, that oh. was also part of my bread and butter. Uh, probably what's happened, like they've probably fit new brakes. I'm not sure if they're doing new new material starting in P3. I think they will be before we just put new material on every session. So you'd run out, we use shit set in P1. Um, probably possibly a new set in P2 run that set in P3, then you'd rebuild the brakes with new material for qualifying. Um, but now I think they're running new material from P3. But probably what's happening is when you don't brake hard enough in a straight line, you can develop a temperature split in the brakes. So basically one brake doesn't work particularly well. The other one gets hot, it starts working better. And because it's hotter and it produces more grip, it generates more bite the next time you brake. And this split in brake temperatures is kind of like self-fulfilling. Um, and that's one of those things you have to be very... On a lot of this brake material, you have to be very confident um, on the braking applications in a straight line. And one of the things that's probably hurt that is their outlap preparation, because you've, you know, say you're following people and you've, you know, been in traffic and you haven't been able to do a good solid, you know, 200 kilometer an hour down to down to 90 like braking stop to get a big heat, a big hit of temperature into the brakes. So that's problematic. But Mercedes seem to be mentioning it quite a bit more. So potentially they've done something. Uh, with their cooling or rim heating or inst- anything else that will impact how the, the brakes are heated and cooled and so on. So super interesting there. Yeah, and, there uh, you go. Uh, Red Bull, 1-2 in qualifying, which is their first front row lockout of the year and their first since 2018, which I thought was quite surprising. That that blows my mind. I uh, I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't have thought, I would have thought that they had had, they'd had a 1-2 this year, but they haven't. Nope, that's the first since 2018 that was. Heck. So yeah, it worked out quite well for Checo. Um, he got a good toe, I think, from Max to help bring him up there. Um, I looked at the data, and I th- I don't think it was that strong. Was it not? Okay, I'll, I'll no, I I'll refer to you because I haven't looked at no, it. No, but I I thought the same thing because the the team were like, yeah, big ups, big ups. Uh, unless there's something super skewed with the fast F1 data, which there was, uh, there was something messed up. But usually, you can tell top speed deltas even if the corners are misaligned. I think it was worth a couple of hundreds tops. They were within four seconds of each other. So that's not a massive toe. It's not like 
it wasn't like one of those like Monza slingshot modes where they line it up and go Wham! and you know they grab like ninth gear and days of thunder that shit it wasn't that they were like max was out first about a four second gap Checo was behind in terms of straight line speed he probably found a couple hundredths less than half a tenth of a second less than a tenth of a second tops on that lap but uh it was a solid qualifying lap from both of them max scrappily getting it together in the end it wasn't a perfect lap uh yeah danny rick got into q3 but it was pointless really because he could only manage p10 but that would turn into a p13 because he was still carrying that penalty from brazil from the magnuson ah, contact yeah when he uh, just sniffed magnuson's gearbox a yeah. little bit mm. um so it ended verstappen perez uh charles signs hamilton russell norris ocon vettel and ricardo it wasn't like I was I was enjoying seeing like, you know, Hamilton purple sector one, green sector two, and then yellow sector three. And it's like one of those. Come on. Yeah. Oh, bummer. But anyway, that was qualifying. Mm. Did anything crazy happen Saturday night? Everybody rock straight into uh, Sunday. Uh, I think. Not like I can recall. Yeah. So the only the only change is we've got the three grid place penalty for Danny Rick yep. on the grid. So the, uh, you know, the top eight or so are fine. Then Nando goes into P10. And uh, they shift around for that. So we've got Seb and Nando on the back row of the top 10. Uh, Sunoda, Schumacher, Ricardo, Stroll, Joe, Magnussen, Gasly, Bottas, Albon, Latifi. But the first three rows, Red Bull, for Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes. Yeah, that was very pleasing and, to my, yeah. uh, what do you call it? Obsessive compulsive disorder. OCD, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. So that was qualifying. And now... Through the power of editing, there's going to be an ad here in the podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And now we can move on to the race. Love that. So it, the race was pretty straightforward, honestly. So last year was basically a one-stop, everybody, and it's just like the snooze fest until the Tifi bend it, and then all the shit happened. So yeah. I don't, I don't even want to touch that. I wouldn't touch that with Dan's. But this was an interesting race. It was a predominantly a two-stop race, but a couple people made the one-stop work. Uh, Verstappen and Leclerc did run away with the one-stop, but Perez was catching Leclerc at the end of the race, which is super interesting. Leclerc goes on to seal seal P2 in the Drivers' Championship. Three points ahead of Perez. So that means if Verstappen and Perez had swapped or whatever else in Brazil, Leclerc would have still won by one point. So, yeah. So, I, again, this is how bored I was. I rewatched the race again today as well as qualifying. Um, 
Perez's first pit stop, his outlap, he got, um, I don't know, if it, maybe it was his outlap or a lap after, but he had a, a bit of a ding-dong with Vettel, which I think held him up a bit. So I wonder if that never happened. It is, it was, yeah, it was the first stop. So I wonder if that never happened and he managed to get past Vettel and that would be the end of it. I wonder if he had had enough at the end to have taken Leclerc. Ah, that's a really good point. And I'm just looking at the race trace now, which is on the buymeacoffee.com from slash break F1 if you're oh, into that. Oh, here we go, here we go. Plug, plug that. It is, it's a super cool thing. Like if you want all the race data and traces, if you're a big nerd and you're listening to this podcast, buymeacoffee.com from slash break F1. I upload race and qualifying analysis reports with all this stuff that we're talking about. Um, yep. It is there. So looking at Perez's race now, he, that first stop, basically they wanted him to be a bit faster in that first stop. If he had had a little bit more pace and hadn't tailed off, um, he would have cleared Fettel. That would have helped him out massively. And then they would have basically, if he had not lost that time, Max would have stopped behind him. Max would have been on the tire saving one stop. Checo could have gone on for an optimal two-stop race, so Checo didn't have to deal with that. But it looked like at the, the times when, when Checo came up on the back of Max around lap 22, um, his pace did suffer quite a bit. And it was one of those things that like he didn't get within one second of DRS, but it was like, he's like, I'm I'm being held up here a little bit. And it's like, I think the team was looking at that. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's like well, I, I, but you saw it with a couple of other people as well. I, I saw it the exact same thing, but we saw it with a couple of other people uh, later on, which was interesting. I'm, I'm struggling to find those exact ones uh it was signs coming up on the back of leclerc actually but leclerc had newer tires on when they stopped after his first stop but the thing to take away from this is i think if paris had had a little bit more pace his first stint um was not ideal he got into quite a big bit of degradation and was not able to hang on to max he had to stop early he lost pace but if that would have worked he would have stopped earlier put on a fresher tire gone faster been ahead of verstappen and then box basically as soon as he got in the way of Verstappen and he would have beat Leclerc because if you look at the race trace, he's almost in DRS range of Leclerc on the final lap. Other things that got in the way of his race was having to come through Hamilton, who was also trying the one stop. Um, he had to work for it. They had a couple of switchbacks. Super cool. I got to see a bit of racing there. Um, and then he is basically, we're just, it's like, it was like last year we're just waiting. Whereas last year we were watching Lewis leave Max in the dust. And this year we're like, is Perez going to catch? Leclerc, and you're looking at the timings, like if he can keep this, you know, yeah. tenths of a second, one second a lap difference, he'll catch him. Uh, took yeah. him a little bit too long to get around Hamilton. Hamilton was returning no favors as, as no, there, there are no favors. Well, no, I, yeah, I really, exactly. I, I feel like Perez got a little bit unlucky and just didn't have as much pace as they needed to have in that first stint. Uh, and that cost him his race and people like, oh, why didn't Max give up? When I I don't think there was an option. Max is Max is record hunting, wins in a season, and I feel like that's probably more valuable to Max than P two in the drivers championship. Yep. Our, but but that's we go back to the uh, the single mindedness of uh, Snappen, and it's not a surprise. Like, which is I love yeah. it or hate it, we're fine. Yeah. Um, oh, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say now. Hamilton first DNF uh, mechanical with the car this season yeah. has been a super, despite the fact it started quite far off the pace and later in the season has come closer, especially at the higher down four circuits. Uh, Hamilton DNF hydraulics issue potentially related to uh, 
early race is getting launched. Launched. What do we make of that? Curb. Um, I hate the sausage curbs. I, yeah. Every time we have one of these incidences and the car gets launched, I just think, why do we have these sausage curbs? It wasn't there last year when he. No, I don't think it was there last year, was it? Maybe they put it in because of that. I don't know. Um, yeah, like, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna call you out for running off here, but um, you know what? Next year we're gonna put a sausage there, and that's gonna absolutely bone you. And uh, yeah, and it did. So I mean, I'm fairly confident in saying that that probably caused his uh, hydraulics issue later on in the race, whether it was a very sensor possible. issue uh, or something like that, because he had some fun and games all throughout the race. Um, yeah, over the radio. Hey, but, yeah. I, I, it looked like, from what I could tell, he was low on battery after fighting with Sainz, saying he was losing performance because his his second and third stint, or sorry, his second stint performance, he was on one stop. His second stint performance was very good, so I'm not really. Maybe the car was damaged, and he was just had a lot more pace in hand, but he was basically going to go on to finish. I reckon Sainz was going to get him. Sainz was on a much newer tire. Sainz was coming through that. Uh, he was going to finish fifth, but DNF, unfortunately. Yeah, um, and during that turn one incident where uh, Hamilton rejoined the track, it's what the way it works is he got a better run up, so he managed to overtake signs. Um, but then he left his, Hamilton left the door wide open for him, basically. Yeah, but then the team came over the radio and said that Hamilton should give it back to Carlos, which I think was missed. Yeah. Um, no, exactly. That was because because we had engineers telling Hamilton to give the place back because the team felt that we're going to get slapped by this. They investigated it, and then he'd given the place back and no further action. So I think they were going to ask them to give it back. Yeah. And the team was like, let's just get this over with, make it clean, and you can have another go. Yeah, but and... I did like how he gave the place back like two turns before the DRS zone. So he immediately yeah. took it back, which I thought was hilarious and smart. Yeah, absolutely. And, but like that's that's the kind of thing, like, get that CPU working. He's got shitloads of capacity. He knows what he's doing. And uh, that was smart. Because you you do it in a way which does not impact your race, unlike Gasly, where they just leave it out in a, the other race, which, what was that, three races ago? That was, yeah. Uh, Mercedes had some other woes during the race. That was well, big unfortunate. Hold that Ooh. thought. I've got Ooh. World Cup news. Wales Whoa. have equalized against the USA with 85 USA. minutes to go. USA. So there you go. Oh, and it was a penalty as well. Oh, no. There you go. Cheaters. Yep. Cheaters. So, yeah, uh, Mercedes, continued issues. What happened? Uh, they botched up uh, Russell's pit stop, didn't they? Delay on the yeah. left rear? Or yeah, it one looks of like. The, one of the rears. I think it was right rear. Um, And then sort of panicked a little bit. I don't know if it was George or the guy that controls the lights, but basically let him straight out into the path of one of the McLarens, which was mm. uh, a bit dicey. <laughs> Yeah, George, a couple of days. Like, nah, I see it. It's okay, mate. Because they did, they did warn him. Because that's one of the things they do is the engineer will be watching the stop. And if there's a car coming, they'll say something like, alongside, car alongside. And George did clock it, but the McLaren slammed on their brakes. And they got slapped with a five-second penalty for it. And George just got on with it. And he was like, right, we need to make the strategy work. So, fair enough. Fair enough. But th th those things happen. That was yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. George has been... As much as much as we've given him abuse for being a little bit of a weapon at times this mm. season, he's done a he's had a solid season, the, the, the lad. And I, I think I, I after seeing him hop in uh was it Bahrain the other year and his performance in the Williams being solid, he's a dude. He's he's a contender. I don't yeah. I don't he also gave us a new one this weekend. Did you hear him? I think maybe it's no. 
it's either in free practice or one of, one of one of the qualifiers. They told him a message, and he came back and he said, "Righto, righto, righto," and just uh, yeah, I thought it was quite amusing. So we got was it crikey, blimey, and righto. So there you go. That's uh, that's Cotswold's life, isn't it? Yeah, righto, <laughs> righto. But so. I mean, this race is basically a series of teams having having unfortunate events. You know, Perez missing out on the pace, Hamilton with the clash in the DNF, Russell unsafe release, and realistically, Russell's race, uh, that unsafe release and further five second penalty maybe cost him a chance at fighting signs. He lost. He basically was covering signs. Um, I don't think he had the pace to overtake signs. He would have followed signs to the end. Basically, I think Hamilton would have got him as a result of that five second penalty. But if he was closer to signs, um, Russell might have come through Hamilton on track if that had happened. But uh, the Dark Lord himself on his final race for Alpine. Yeah. uh, What was it? Lap 27? Yeah. Blows it up. Yeah. He he did another one of his. uh, Well, was it Mexico where where you reckon he just pulled the clutch in and just blew the engine? I think that was, yeah, or Singapore or something. He's just yeah. like, fuck it. I'm like, I want to go Yeah, I'm done. See you later. He mecha-chromed it. But um, I people have been talking about this. I didn't look at it until today. Alonso's had five retirements this season. Ocon's only had two. Conspiracy, he, conspiracy. He's on, I, I, reckon, I reckon it's just, I don't know. Is it karma? Uh, well, apparently he, this was a water leak. Chat is telling us. This is ooh, what it came down to. Ooh. Um, yeah, oh, I don't know, man. Just sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, it, it is. It's unlucky, but uh, so be it. So he's he's done. He's on to Aston Martin, so he can him and Lance Stroll can take take each other out every race and take some of the distraction from Verstappen and Hamilton crashing into each other at every race. We'll li- have I two like, things. That's right. Just going back to Alonso, I like how this is a little water leak. Um, but he's perfectly fine to launch his car into fucking lower orbit in America and finish the race. Yeah, but that's one of those things. It's like, you know, they're probably this is one of those things where they need to use this power unit through the test. Probably, I would have just fucking sent it. But at what some point, if it's a catastrophic water failure or it's a fast leak, the thing will grenade itself in an unpredictable manner. So they're like, you know what, this thing's actually chalked. We can see that you're losing losing water pressure rapidly just park it mate it's not worth it yeah fair enough uh 56 what other, what other top retirements have we had because i can see you've written this little note and i don't want you to go for go to waste oh yeah other retirements in the season science yeah. has had six retirements not necessarily all mechanical some of those are mistakes bottas five sunota five latifi and albon four I, i'm sure there's a couple up there but you know science he's beat what he beached himself uh, a couple times, uh, he's had an engine in Austria. Uh, I'm sure he's had a couple brain fade DNFs as well. Yeah, we'll probably go through all this in more detail. We'll do like a proper postseason review. Yeah, the, um, the 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 blessing of the Dark Lord Award. Yeah, the post <laughs> postseason award ceremony. Yeah, and it, real quick, if anybody's listening on this, um, we'll put a feeler out on Twitter later today but if there's any specific episodes that you or like topics that you want us to break down and talk about we're going to put together some episodes where we go away and do some research and you will get our takes on it and we can chat about and kind of relive it so if there's anything um, we'll put a thing out on uh, twitter after this thing goes live reply to it anyone says abu dhabi 2021 you're getting blocked 
no, seriously, I went back and watched that because I'm working on my YouTube video for the week. Abu Dhabi 2021 was fucking boring. Like it was it was everybody on a one stop. Um Latifi crashes. The, the rest is history. It's not something that anybody wants to relive, honestly. True. So. True. And speaking of uh, Abu Dhabi and Latifi crashing, um, what was his retirement gift on lap 39? Go on. Uh, him and Schumacher oh. having their little synchronized spin, which was yeah. beautiful in slow motion. I just that was dope. Say. That was dope. But yeah, to be fair, I don't think we can blame Latifi for that one. I think Mick just had a bit of brain fade, clipped Latifi into the corner. Yeah, and, uh, he wasn't expecting him to be going that slow. He's you know he's gauging it, and he just kind of rolls in quite a bit too much speed, loses mm. a bit of front end, and a little bit Daniel on Magnuson kind of feel to it, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, but I like how they reviewed <laughs> it, and they just went no further action. They were just like, I can't be fucking bothered to deal with these two anymore. <laughs> They're retiring at the end of this race. Fuck it, let them sort it out themselves. Yeah, yeah. Just just real quick, people in the live stream are talking about. So that's one thing I'm thinking about doing over on Twitch during the off season is firing up some of the old historic races and doing an, a historic race watch along where we all basically open up uh, F1 TV Pro, queue up a race, watch it start to finish. So to hold us over, I'm not going to do it on weekends. I'll probably do it like an evening so people in the US can catch it. But we'll watch. There's been a couple of uh, great recommendations. Brazil, um, there's a couple of Brazil GPs that are excellent to watch. Maybe some classic Seb moments. So uh, we'll, we'll do some. We'll do, I'll, I will relive... Barcelona 2016, my first oh, race win. Yeah, here we go. Emotional. 30 seconds, uh, 30 seconds. My first my first Formula 1 race, Barcelona 2012, uh, the Cursed Grand Prix. Mm. Maldonado wins, and then their Williams garage burns down from a fuel Bowser fire. <laughs> yeah, man, that was, oh, that was serious. That was crazy. Yeah. You were there for uh, that, is that what you just said? You were there for yeah. that? Fucking hell, yeah. man. We could we could we could do a co watch along for uh, Crashgate Baku with the boys. Oh yeah, we'll get the shirts made that say I survived the uh, Baku debrief. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We got anything else for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix? Uh, just to, to close it up, mm, the what do we Hamilton's got? Hamilton's retirement. We spoke about that, didn't we? Uh, yeah. Where did Vettel finish in the end? Didn't he finish? Uh, Sebastian Vettel P10. So yeah. they, if you, anybody saw it, there were some post race procedures where the top three go onto the grid and do donuts. And they specifically made provisions for Sebastian Vettel after he finished the race to pull his car onto the grid, do some donuts on his own and be a part of the final ceremony of the race, which I thought was a, a beautiful touch. Uh, yep. oh, 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 Ross Braun um, is retired this year. So from working with the FIA. And, yes, um, but that was announced quite, quite a while ago, wasn't it? I think they yeah, said at the was, end of the year. and. I don't really think anyone really mentioned it, really. They sort of said hello no. to him on the grid, and that was it, really. Yeah, cheers, cheers Ross. I didn't All see right, any big sort of posts about he's, him or anything like that. He's a tall lad. I remember running into him, like having a chat with him at Formula Student 2011 in the UK. I'm like, that's Ross Braun. I'd really like to work for you one day. And he said, nah, you're fucking shit. Go work for Red yeah, Bull, he said, you you're turd. mid, you're washed. Yeah. Get out of it. <laughs> but, um, yeah. That's super cool. A lot of people are giving him a lot of flack saying, oh, Ross said that the regulations would be better. And I got into some shit fight of that, which I don't really want to talk about. But realistically, Ross didn't say that. So if you read, no. I'll, I'll, it's on my Twitter. Yeah. You'll see it. He took it's one look at you. Ross Braun took one look at you and said, you got no will knowledge. No will. <laughs> no yeah. will. You're out. Fuck. 
bloody yanks. What mm. it, uh, one of my favorite comments is, I'm sick and tired of seeing Americans talking about Formula One, and it's some dude with his fucking Honda Civic. I'm like, bro, you don't want the smoke. I'm a <laughs> shit Formula One engineer, and I got uh, sacked. Right? You do not want the smoke. Jesus Christ. Listen to us middle-aged old men beefing people yeah. on the internet. Oh, that... All right. Oh, All right. fucking chin you first. So, yeah. <laughs> you want some? You want some? Okay. I'll give it you. Um, <laughs> I was going to make a mention about did Aston Martin stuff up Vettel's strategy? Ah, it's, dude, honestly, I looked at it, and it was the same kind of thing as what happened with Perez. If it had gone slightly differently, Seb would have been in a lot better spot. So looking at this, I don't think they fucked him. Like, realistically, if he had had a little bit more pace early in the race and not been bunged up in traffic so much, he would have come out ahead of the bunch of cars, and he would have finished ahead of Ricardo, potentially ahead of Lance. And it's just a matter of a little bit too much traffic not making the most out of the first stint because that's that's the boring part of the, the one stop is if your first stint isn't gold, if you're going onto a harder tire for, you know, two thirds or more of the race, what are you going to do? You can't just magic pace out of nothing, you know? Um, so, yeah, and especially when you can't, for example, Leclerc and Verstappen had the, the luxury of being able to lead and control the pace, whereas guys in the back, um, very much had to contest with traffic cars that they may have been faster than pitting into traffic on guys on dying tires. You're like, mate, I'm on fresh bags. Let me through. And they're like, sorry. And you're in a slower car. So it's just uh, unfortunate. I don't think they fucked his strategy. It was suboptimal in the end. But if he had had a slightly different race, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, uh, Lance Stroll has been a demon on race starts. Lance Stroll making up two on the race start. Um, and then realistically, yeah, true, Seb, yeah. Seb holding on to his position at the race start, making up some progress when people are pitting early, and then just running into too much deg, getting dropped too far back into traffic, mm. and being slightly suboptimal. I mean, if you look at their gap on the track, they were within f five, six seconds of each other when they finished the race. Let's check the times. But yeah, I mean, it was unfortunate. And I, 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 I could, I know Seb wanted to have a better final race than that. But I think he did well. Yeah, I mean, he finished. Points finish in that car is is probably quite admirable. Yeah, um, he finished seven seven seconds behind. Danny Rick finished in ninth. Points finish yep. for him too. Uh, Lance Stroll in eighth, so double points for Aston. Go on, lads. Yeah, well done. Uh, SD Bestie in P seven. Uh, Norris in P six and took the fastest lap as well. Yeah, Norris banging in that fast lap he's, at the end. He's the only one as well, isn't he, out of the top three teams that got a podium this year. Ooh. Uh, uh, not Imola. Was it Imola? No. I don't even remember that, man. That was, that was, that's freaking ancient history. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Lando. Mm, I think I might have been sleeping on him a little bit. He's had I think Lando's good, sound. I think Lando's sound. Quite a good season. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm just really hoping that Lando and or Daniel realize that I'm also really into cameras, and they should definitely talk to Leica to give me a hookup on their uh, rangefinder. I did see that digital yes. Leicas because I, was, I did because I got um, Nikon D810. Here we go. We're going into oh lad. geekery, and I've had it for quite a while. And then I saw these photography accounts they've done, and I looked and I saw the little red label, and I was like, oh yeah, of course, of course. Oh, I've, yeah. I've got. I've got my M6 right there in the camera in the the case, but fuck me, developing 35 millimeter film and then scanning it is such a pain in the ass. So I'm over it. But um, 
that's I think that's the race. Well, let's let's go back and round up the the, the championship. So, drivers' championship for Stappen four fifty four, Leclerc three hundred eight, Perez three hundred five. There's a big gap. Big man Russell King George two seven five ahead of signs. 246. Mr. Consistent, man. George has been consistent all season. I, I I will concede Lewis has not been particularly lucky this season. Like, you know, it's just not gone in his favor. And that's that's racing sometimes. I do not by any means think that Russell beating Hamilton this season has any implication on skill level, talent, Lewis fading. I think Mercedes is going to be back next season and Lewis is going to be fucking hungry. Mm. George um, has done really well, though. He's done a lot better than I thought he would. Stepping exactly. up into that big team. Exactly. So, uh, signs 246, Hamilton 240, Norris 122, big man, Ocon 92, Alonso 81, Bottas, Ricardo only 37 points, tied with Danny Rick, K Mag 25, Gasman 23, Stroll 18, Schumacher 12, Sonoda 12, Joe only six points, but he's done an awesome job in that car. Albon four, Latifi two, DeVries two, and Hulkenberg zero as he stood in for the first two races. Yep, there you go. Uh, teams championship. This is a good one. Uh, Red Bull, Oracle Red Bull Racing, 759. Scuderia, Ferrari, 554. Mercedes, only 515. Mercedes, you know, uh, let's, let's be. They came Mercedes. in 19 behind into Abu yeah. Dhabi, but with that retirement, it didn't, yeah. didn't really work <laughs> out. No, and, and unless the Ferraris both took each other out, they weren't going to beat them in that anyway. Alpine, 173. McLaren, 159. Oof. Alfa Romeo, 55. Aston Martin, 55. Haas, 37. Alfa Tauri, 35. Williams, 8. I'm a little bit disappointed in Alfa Tauri. You want to hear something? Um, go on. I won't go into it too in-depth because this will be a YouTube video I do in the off-season. Ooh, let's go. So you out, of, on YouTube plug? out of the 10 championship positions, how many do you think I got right? Print in like my pre-season prediction. None of them. Seven out of ten. No, no shot, dude. Yep. No way. I you know Will. Dan, Dan, engine mode, wheel knowledge, good boy 11. Fucking hell, man. I thought my prediction on, a, what was it, the Budapest Grand Prix that we did with the last lap where I predicted the top five. I thought that was pretty sick, but seven out of ten over a whole season, that's just wheel knowledge. That can't be luck. Exactly. See? So you, I'm a dark horse. Oh, did you get Mercedes right? Yeah, I got top three all correct. Oh my uh, god! So you cursed I'll, Mercedes, I'll you fuck. Yeah, I cursed. So I'll go through it. I got the top three right. Uh, I didn't have Alpine in fourth. I had McLaren in fifth. Um, I had, and then I think I had what was it? Haas and Williams in the right places, and then there were some others. I think Alfa Romeo I got in the right place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no top, top three and McLaren. I know that off the top of my head. I got that right. <laughs> That's. Because awesome, I remember bro. saying, "What else begins with M for McLaren?" I said mid. I put them fifth. Midlaren. Ah, uh, I hope. And realistically, like to be fair, Ross Braun did say that one of the midfield teams could be competing for for podiums. And unfortunately, the midfield team that was competing for podiums this year was Mercedes. I think they've now, towards the end of the season, they've bridged the gap. Um, they've got a lot more understood about the W13. Hopefully that transfers into the W14 so we can through, see a three-way battle. But we really, really, really need to see Alpine and McLaren um, bridging that gap. Uh, Williams hopefully making some improvements. They'll have two sound drivers. 
Albon's Albon's solid, and now he'll have a comparison in DeVries, hopefully. Uh, let's see. Alpha Tauri, new, not DeVries, uh, Sergeant. That I was thinking of Alpha Tauri ahead of time, but yeah, I, I hope they figure that out. Super brain fart. I can't keep up with all these old young drivers coming back. No. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Basically, that was Abu Dhabi. That was the season. Uh, bit, bit of a mid race, honestly. Uh, it's just Abu Dhabi is not, not the right circuit to have a season ender on. Brazil, Brazil final season. But they paid. Brazil uh, ender. They paid all the money, so they get to be at the end. They need Brazil as a final race of the season. Oh, that's such a good racetrack. Correct. Chaos, man. Anything can happen. Timo Glock can happen, you know? Correct. Yep. Yeah. So, this is that part of the episode. Is it time? Oh, yeah. Go on. Fraud Watch. Fraud Watch. What is Fraud Watch, Dan? Fraud Watch is where we pick something bad at the weekend and we stick them on Fraud Watch and basically say, sort it out. Do we ever do anything with people that have been on Fraud Watch? Like we We're should not actually... keeping a tally. Maybe next season we'll keep a tally. Yeah. I think next season what we need to do is every week we add somebody to Fraud Watch and we determine if they're on the list or off the list and see who stays on Fraud Watch the longest. And to in order hmm. to be removed from Fraud Watch, maybe they need to at least be like semi-nominated for the next segment of the show they don't, maybe they don't have to make it but they have to at least be a nominee you know they have to do a, a yeah. good thing maybe they have to go watch. they have to go on like uh five race probation oh we'll, we'll come up with a system so we'll yeah. get we'll get something a segment to really get people invested in the time history of uh the fraud watch but maybe a fraud league table oh the, guys the, the suggestions are great um but why don't you tell us who your nomination is for Fraud Watch this week? Yeah, so I had two. So the first one that didn't make the cut was going to be the Sausage Curbs. Yeah. Um, but after seeing the end of race footage of Mick Schumacher doing donuts, I'm giving it to Haas for him for them telling him to stop doing it. I owe, I owe the chief engineer came on the radio. He's like, uh, we need to save the engine. Don't do donuts. And he's like, I love you I too. I love you. Yeah. I just been Let like, my guy spin him up, is what I'm saying. I, Justice I just for Mick Schumacher's donuts. Yeah, I would have told him, mate, do one. Because I'm going to do this donut, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know what I've got on my list this week? I don't, but you're going to tell me. I got, I've got Renault, the engine manufacturer, on my list this week. Like, they've finally wheeled some performance into their car, and they keep fucking losing it when they've got a good shot at solid points hall like i know Ocon's only on two uh alonzo on five and it's just not not all those are engine but i feel like most of them are it's bad man like they've got like no this this makes me like thank fuck they rebranded it to alpine because nobody knows what that is especially not americans but like who the f who wants to buy a reno after seeing their engines yeah. like at least they're fast now at least they're fast now fast v6 is a good v6 but hopefully they can imp i here's what i hope i hope they improve the reliability because i would like to see uh gas man and Ocon getting to drive each other into the wall before the engine explodes yeah well it's only taken eight years of the hybrid era yeah maybe, eventually maybe the ninth ninth year next year maybe they'll finally crack it 
Ninth time's a charm. Doubt. Doubt. Uh, right. We've got a new we got a new bumper this week. Thank you, Michael. You absolute legend. We love you, Michael Kiss. But big up, Michael. Ready, ready for this one? Go. Oh, you who's a good boy. I am. I'm a good boy. <laughs> this is engine mode good boy, which is basically somebody trying to gaslight Dan, calling him, oh, look who it is. It's engine mode good boy. But we've turned it into something positive because this is a pretty uplifting podcast. Yeah. So uh who are we nominating for engine mode good boy this week dan listen engine mode good boy this week right norbert vettel all the footage of him absolutely vibing in the aston yeah. martin garage seb's yeah. dad uh just i was all in on seb's dad this weekend i what a legend he's a dude he's a super dude he's just like you don't see too much of him he doesn't really make himself seen he's but he's around a lot he's around a lot he um i'm pretty sure he like 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 a lot of the races he'll stay in a camper or something somewhere just kind of be like off the grid just chilling out what a dude yeah what a dude so that was that was really nice to see him and seb vibing at his last race yeah. weekend i i struggled for an engine mode good boy this this week honestly um i really struggled for an engine mode good boy like i wanted to find somebody that did something exceptional this week. And I don't really feel like I found that, which is kind of frustrating because I've been racking my brain over it. If anybody's in the live stream, I need some suggestions for an engine mode, good boy, because uh, we're struggling. Ah, I mean, let's, let's put, let's, 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 let's look up. Let's look up. Uh, thank you, Hennessy. But Ferrari did a really good job this weekend on the strategy. Okay. They, they 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 called it right. I mean, they they covered. I mean, fine. They covered Red Bull, but they were prepared to cover, and they basically, yeah, signs on the uh, the two stop, Leclerc on the one stop, and they just didn't have the pace this weekend. Max kind of managed it, but they did a they did a decent job, honestly. And uh, I, I it sucks because I, like, I, I think know, that's I'm, a fair fair award. Yeah. Yeah. But at, at the same time, it's like. Um, I have to take a step back because this whole season we've been trash talking some of the operational decisions they've made. But at the same time, there are people behind that, you know, and it and it sucks to to you know because that that could be could have been me or could have been you know you. It's like uh you know like you know or anybody that works in industry it could be anybody. It's like nobody would have put me in any position of authority like that. Okay, fine. Well, it wasn't going to be me because I fucking removed myself from that equation. I was like, what? Spend the rest of my life traveling to the racing circuits to uh the uh, clipboard driver babysitter tire pressure monitor. Fuck that. Oh, you tell me <laughs> how, how it felt during that run. Yeah, the, the car has uh, too much flop in it. Can we do less flop? Yeah, anyway. Uh, but, I'm not very happy with the starting procedures. Uh, I'm not very happy with your stopping procedures, you fucking dork. Hey. <laughs> but anyway, question. Let's um, but yeah, that's my engine mode. Good boy. Ferrari did a good job, and I, I, I think, hopefully they don't throw the the baby out with the bathwater kind of situation. Hopefully, Ferrari come back next season. They have a strong car again. Um, they iron out the kinks operationally, the, you know, and they have a, a better structure. Mercedes W14. It's going to be a weapon. They're going to be challenging for the championship win. And maybe we'll see McLaren or Alpine take the jump up. 
Are you? Oh, sorry. I'm just laughing. The break can just see me laughing on my webcam. Someone in the chat has just reminded me that I need to give a shout out to the moment that Charles, when he was talking on the radio, thanking the team at the end of the race, he accidentally hit the drinks button and nearly waterboarded himself. <laughs> oh, I heard about that. Somebody was like, "Oh, he sneezed." It was um, it was it was glitch. It was Sarah. She was like, "Oh, he oh. sneezed on the radio." It's like, no, he was waterboarding himself. Brilliant, iconic. Oh, some uh, Rory says, "Did anyone see that Benato rated his Ferrari season seven point five out of ten? Mate, you had a championship winner. Uh, you guys were probably lost out on the regs change. Um, that's that's a five out of ten season. Sorry, mate. Oh, I... but." Uh, the, the eternal optimist, and uh, he'll be a better off as a result of the optimism. But why don't we um why don't we wrap this episode here? We're gonna call it a night. We've got the Red Bull Racing Show run in Milton Keynes on the tenth of this yep. month. Yes, Dan and I will be there. Uh, we might have to grab a beer at the old Brewdog afterwards yeah. or something. Hey, hey, if anybody wants to join us? Uh, we'll see you there. But I think with that, we've got some episodes. We'll do a couple more episodes this year. Mm -hmm. we'll probably take a break into December, early January, come back with some more stuff, uh, come back with a little bit of a structure. Yeah. Um, structure, some, more invest, yeah right. some more investment for the season uh, and do some more cool stuff. And uh, we'll find a couple of guests and everything else. So yeah, we're going to, by the end of next year, we're going to black our way onto the grid. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. We'll, we'll get there. Yep. Um, we've both got some stuff we'll be working on over the winter on the, you, you maybe have a look at some more YouTube. I'm definitely gonna be cranking out a couple more YouTubes on Break F1 on YouTube. Um, keep in touch with us on Twitter, uh, Instagram. We'll uh, we'll keep vibing, thriving. I'll keep pushing out some data analysis, and we'll hopefully have an episode out for you guys next week. And maybe uh, somebody helping us uh, pay for our TikToks to get edited. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, oh, let's go. Well, anyway, enjoy you your guys, off seasons. Basically, enjoy your off seasons. We'll still be here. We'll be here. Enjoy your off-season, and um, fuck off. Yeah, we'll see you guys later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.